This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. One tip I would give people, though, is there's a lot of these claims about once they get a glimmer of oxygen, they're hard to control. So for many organizations, the key tip here is take letters before action seriously. Take claims like this seriously. If you are going to settle them by offering vouchers, make sure that you paperwork that correctly. If you haven't checked out the Trial of the Century, the Enron Trial Podcast on the Compliance Podcast Network, I hope you will check it out. This podcast series focuses on the Enron trial, not the collapse of Enron. And I have guest Lauren Steffi, who actually covered the trial. So it's some great insight. Also, it draws a direct line to corporate governance and ESG. In this episode, Jonathan Armstrong and I talk about a case of a smart TV and what happens when a consumer does not wipe data and returns the product. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, back again with Jonathan Armstrong, co-founder of Quartery Compliance and also partner at Quartery Compliance in London. Jonathan, first of all, welcome back. Thanks very much, Tom. Jonathan, you've had a sort of an interesting set of issues around a topic that we have not touched upon and I don't think is getting enough play, at least in the United States yet. And it involves uh, smart appliances, but specifically smart TVs. So uh, this is not Alexa. This is not Siri. This is a smart TV. And many of us enjoy smart TVs. Um, but what issues have come up around smart TVs and data protection that you have uh, recently become interested in? Yeah, this is a case that's gone to the High Court in the UK. And it's a claim uh, brought by an individual, Mr. Stadler, against uh, Curry's. Uh, Curry's is a, is a TV retailer. And uh, Stadler bought a smart TV and he used it to log on to various apps, including Amazon Prime. And he returned the TV to Curry's for repair. And uh, although it was faulty, the TV had enough functionality to allow a user to log out of apps. But Stadler wasn't asked by Curry's to log out, and he didn't log out. He passed the TV to someone at Curry's with the remote and with the power cable, and he asked them to fix it. And after a time, the Curry's technical staff thought that the repair of the TV would be disproportionate. So they said to him they were planning to ride off that TV and give him a new TV or a voucher, uh, and he then used the voucher to purchase a new TV. And he said his understanding was that his old TV would be destroyed. But what then happened is Curry's sold the smart TV to a third-party company. They didn't perform a factory reset. They didn't wipe the data. And in December uh, 2020, on uh, New Year's Eve, so he'd taken the TV in in September 2020, 31st December 2020, 
uh, he saw that a film was purchased for somebody's New Year's Eve viewing using his Amazon account, uh, using his smart TV. Um, on 2nd of January 2021, uh, Stadler contacted Curry's. He asked them about it. They gave him uh, five pounds uh, to reimburse him for the uh, Amazon film. And uh, on the 4th of January, they rang him, made sure that he'd changed his password for Amazon and other apps, etc., etc. And uh, on the 11th of January, they gave him a £200 shopping voucher as a gesture of goodwill and a sort of uh, apology. But Stadler decided that uh, I believe he took the £200 voucher, but he then sued them uh, as well. And he claimed damages of up to £5,000 on a number of bases, including, uh, he said, uh, dead protection infringement. He said that he'd suffered psychological distress, anxiety, uh, loss and damage. And he said that uh, GDPR had been violated. And Curry's asked to have the case dismissed including on the basis that there were no reasonable grounds for bringing it. The only damage was the distress during that short period that Stadler uh, realised that his accounts had not been logged out. So that, you know, New Year's Day, uh, effectively, uh, when the uh, store perhaps was shut. Um, and Curry said that his claim was, quote, not worth the candle. And that's a phrase that we see in a lot of these small data protection claims. So that was the issue that the courts looked at. And of course, it's a much wider issue for many of our listeners. Uh, I have handled a claim myself where a, a smartphone wasn't wiped, which potentially could have led to a divorce. I, I won't go into the full facts, but the there were images on the phone of a uh, of a female who was not the phone owner's wife, and the uh, phone owner's wife uh, looked at the images of a of a naked female and jumped to the wrong conclusions. I guess most spouses wouldn't have at the top of their mind the fact that their husband had bought a smartphone that hadn't been wiped properly. By the store. And of course, in the employer employee environment, we're frequently asking employees, uh, particularly at the end of their working life with the business, to hand back devices. And how many of us are asking employees, you know, to log out of shopping accounts, to log out of banking apps, to delete personal data? And this case suggests at least that in cases like that, employers can be liable to employees if they don't have a system and set of procedures in place to remind employees uh, to log out or, or delete apps and then to make sure that a proper wipe is done before the laptop or device is reassigned to a co-worker or sent for destruction. So I think it's a case that has much wider ramifications. Although in this case, 
the courts were somewhat sympathetic to Curry's. So, Jonathan, is there any concept under this law of uh, uh, contributory negligence or the negligence of a, uh, a TV owner not logging out before taking a TV back? Or is this a strict liability law that uh, it's only on the company if they make a mistake? Well, I, I think we'll find that out uh, eventually, but the court at this time hasn't ruled on that. They did strike out the other claims that had been brought, but they kept the data infringement claim. That'll be sent to the small claims court from the high court, a, a sort of lower court. And the significance of that is that the loser normally pays in UK litigation, but the small claims rules are different, and it's harder for the claimant to recover his costs. This is almost certainly an insurance-backed case we have had cases involving the same firm of claimants, lawyers, and we've some knowledge of the methodology. So it's probably an insurance case. And it's obviously much less attractive to insurers if they're not likely to recover costs. Um, what the judge said is that he needed more factual information to evaluate the extent of the defendant's duties. Maybe contributed negligence will be an issue. Maybe the court will think that it's incumbent on an individual when they hand the device over to wipe it or to uh, log out. Uh, and he did say that if the case did come to trial, he'd particularly want to look at the terms and conditions which applied to the repair and the subsequent disposal. Um, but the judge did say that he thought that the data protection claim had a reasonable prospect of success and he said that on the basis of the claimant's version of events, the defendant would or should have been aware that there was personal data on the device. And the judge said that it was arguable that Curry's had duties as a data controller, particularly from when they'd said to the claimant, OK, we're going to replace your TV and we'll take this one that might have been sufficient for Curry's to become the data controller for the data that was on the TV. And the judge said that if, uh, if Curry's was then a data controller, then it would obviously have its own data protection obligations to ensure that the data was disposed of securely, etc. And disposal of data is itself technically a form of processing under GDPR uh, Article Seven. So the judge said um, all of this was arguable. He didn't reach any final conclusions as to who was liable, whether contributing negligence was relevant. Uh, he said that he wasn't going to determine these on what's called a summary basis, so as an interim application. But uh, it could go ahead for a final hearing if the claimant was pursuing the claim and, and if the case didn't settle along the way. The other thing that is relevant, I think, is that as we've talked about on these podcasts before, some cases that are regarded as merely trivial have been kicked out of court. There's one, for example, with misaddressed emails where the court said, look, this isn't serious enough. Claimants should be more robust. I'm kicking the case out. The judge here said that, that wasn't, this wasn't such a case. It wasn't so trivial that it should just be 
kicked out. It was of low value. It was a single incident, be, partly because uh, Curry's rang the individual and, and, and got him to reset his uh, passwords. Um, but um, the claimant's case effectively said that he thought his bank details could have been exposed because of his Amazon Prime subscription and that that was something that the court would rightly have to take a look at because for these interim applications, the judge had to assume that the claimant's pleaded case was correct. And if that was the case, it wasn't necessarily a case that was so trivial that it shouldn't have the court's time. But it would go to the small claims court. That's a more informal way of deciding cases. It would be listed for a two to three hour final hearing. But it's usually the case that you don't hear about what happens in those um, cases. Um, one of the other concerns he had, of course, and that we've talked about before on this podcast, is the way in which costs seem to ramp up this uh, interim application alone. The claimant solicitor said they'd spent £11,000 worth of costs on this. Um, the defendant solicitors said that they'd spent £5,500. And if this claim ends up at, I don't know, the uh, £350 to £600 level, it's hard to justify that level of costs, I think, for a case that's worth so little. We're going to have a quick word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with more Life with GDPR. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think we're going to have to uh, continue to watch this one, Jonathan. I think we are, Tom. I think in the meantime, one tip I would give people, though, is there's a lot of these claims about once they get a glimmer of oxygen, they're hard to control. So for many organizations, the key tip here is take letters before action seriously. Take claims like this seriously. If you are going to settle them by offering vouchers, Make sure that you paperwork that correctly, that it's a full and final settlement rather than allowing claimants another bite of the cherry. And I guess I would say this, wouldn't I? I think the quality of your initial response, if that's through counsel who know this space, many of these claims go away. I think all of the claims we've handled have gone away. But many of them, if they're allowed that little chink of oxygen, run and run, become very expensive and out of all proportion to the amount claimed. So it is a case that you have to have a proper strategy for dealing with these claims, because I think almost everybody is going to be hit with them, whether they be from employees or from customers. So here's a free legal tip from Tom Fox, counselor at law. Get a signed release if you give somebody something.
Uh, Jonathan, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I look forward to continuing this conversation. Thank you, Tom. All right. This is Tom Fox again. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of Life with GDPR, and I hope you'll join Jonathan Armstrong and myself again on this podcast series. I hope you will check out the latest edition to the Compliance Podcast Network, Presidential Leadership Lessons for Today's Business Leader, which has premiered on the Compliance Podcast Network. Also check out Design Thinking in Compliance, where Karsten Tams and myself continue our exploration of how you can use the social engineering tool of design thinking to increase the engagement and effectiveness of your compliance program. Life with GDPR is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.